This is The Daily Undoing for March 7th, 2019. I'm David Cadet, and together with Mark Bovin, we're undoing the way marketing is done. Today, the second of a three-part digital series, and we feature Momo. Yes, the sound of the word that has suddenly and instantly become a bone-chilling no-no, as in don't speak it, don't listen to it, don't look at it, and for the love of all that is holy, do not search it up. It is ironic that a digital urban myth can crank up such panic to a society supposedly so astute and so savvy. If you haven't heard of Momo or the Momo Challenge, I won't congratulate you. You should have heard about it by now. However, if you've succumbed to the unmitigated panic about Momo, you should read what respected magazines like The Atlantic have to say about it and other fear-mongering hoaxes that have done similar things in the past. We aren't here to debate its legitimacy, its immorality, or its ability to spook The actual Momo figure that's been permeating digital devices the world over is pretty creepy. A Tim Burton-like female head placed upon the torso and legs of a bird. And we want to discuss what has made it effective as a hoax. And to do that, we'll go to one of our favorite ways to describe what marketing is. The observation and exploitation of human behavior. Somewhere, probably multiple places around the world, Momo hoaxers are having a good laugh at the expense of millions of parents, thousands of school districts, and even police departments. We've been schooled by people who know us better than we know ourselves. And the crazy thing is, we've been falling for this kind of thing forever. One of the more notable occasions came from Orson Welles, who very unintentionally made us believe our worst fears of the day via storytelling in War of the Worlds, a radio broadcast, Halloween night, 1938. We laugh now at the gullibility of our ancestors then, wondering how they could have ever fallen for that, and yet we too play into the hands of our worst fears 80 years later. It's the context which bring our fears to life. Back then, radio was the lifeline to world information. It's how we were informed and entertained, and thus it was obviously credible, right? Sounds kind of like the way we view our digital world today. The ironic thing is, us grown-ups tell our children and students not to believe everything they read and see online, and yet we fall flat on our faces for the Momo Challenge ploy and start sending out warnings from principals and other social leaders to beware. Freud, Maslow, and more recently even Daniel Kahneman, Nobel Prize winner for his work in behavioral economics, would have a field day with the way we react to this stuff because, whether it's Martians or Momo invading our world, it preys on the wiring of our brains to follow the irrational because of our most conscious fears and concerns. In the 30s, it was UFOs. In the 20-teens, it's malicious behavior online. A totally legitimate and real concern, but so pressing in our minds that we fall for anything Even an innocent, albeit bizarre, sculpture by a Japanese artist placed in an obscure gallery in Tokyo three years ago, which somehow, through exponential algorithms of digital virality, becomes a runaway train. As John Herman wrote in the New York Times, Screens and screen time are a source of endless guilt and frustration among parents today, and it makes sense to need to displace these feelings on a face, a character, or something or someone 
with fantastically evil motives. Get it? We're panicking about Momo to allay our fears of guilt. Imagine what we would have paid to Momo-proof our devices at the peak of this panic. The joke's actually on the hoaxers who failed to complete this marketing circle. They created a surging human need based upon our worst fear, but then did nothing to provide us with the solution. We wish we could gain this kind of attention, but we're delighted to have had yours these last few minutes and invite you back every weekday here on The Daily Undoing.